0: Terms and conditions apply. This is the Nightcap with Tim Murray and Super Bowl champion Sean King on v End, the Sports Betting Network.
2: We are off and running on a Wednesday Night. It is the nightcap here on Veasan alongside former USF quarterbacks and running backs coach Sean King. I am Tim Murray. I felt like USF after all the. I'm in a
1: good mood tonight, man. I can officially start a countdown.
2: Yeah, you got vacation.
1: Countdown to September third. Big King versus the Bear. Oh, uh, I can't wait. I better get a guest appearance on game day the following weekend.
2: We will uh, we will play you that audio oh, in its I can't entirety wait. a little bit later on in the show. But if you missed it on Gil Alexander's show earlier today, the num- a numbers game here on v uh Chris Felica took a little jab at Sean King uh, playing under four and a half wins on South Florida.
1: What do you call those things that play with the bull, the matador? The matador. Yeah, the matador gets gouged from time to time. <laughs> I'm just telling you. I'm calling it now. USF straight up, September 3rd versus BYU.
2: Yeah, that's not happening. Uh, you know, I actually went back and looked at that game. Yeah. And you know how you were like, well, you know, USF They did. Game. You know what the score was at happened?
1: I know. I know what the score was middle oh, wow. of the third quarter and middle of the fourth quarter. I know they came middle, back.
2: Middle of the third quarter was 35-13. Uh, what was the final score? USF had them on the ropes. 38-27.
1: Yeah, that's right. That's why they play all four quarters. I mean, if they didn't, then Notre Dame would have lost to Wisconsin last year. It was
2: 28-6 at I'm just saying. Hold on. Notre Dame
1: would have lost to Wisconsin last year if they only played a half. Notre
2: Dame down 28-6 at halftime? It didn't matter. They were down. Did they have their backup quarterback playing too? Oh, because that happened. None of that
1: matters. It's countdown to September 3rd. There's nothing the ginger genius can do today to get me in a bad mood. No matter how much he tries, it's the big king versus the bear. Yep. Chris Felica, I'm coming for you. And I got a bunch of angry bulls running behind me. Do you? Oh
2: yeah, yeah. I mean, they're, go Bulls, baby. They're they're fired up after the two and. Oh, they're
1: season. that's all right. Hey man, major setback for a great comeback.
2: They, I mean, that win over Fam you was impressive. You
1: got to beat the teams on your schedule. Yep, yep.
2: They so all count. Hell of a win over. They them, all count over uh, Roy Wood Jr.'s uh, alma mater. Roy was crying that night, so I hey, called listen, him up. And he said, they
1: all count. You line them up, we knock them down. <laughs> all right. I'm, I'm almost calling USF as AAC champs this year. I'm close. I'm definitely over four and a half wins, which Chris Felica seems to think under. I'm definitely over. I told you why. They have a bunch of experience and talent coming back on that offensive line. In my opinion, the best offensive line in the conference. I think that takes them a long way this year, starting with the upset of BYU.
2: Yeah, not happening, but hey, that's that's the beauty of uh, you getting to talk about it for about two months because you could talk and talk and talk and then when BYU with a top 10 pick lights him up, you know. But then it'll be close at the end cuz they'll take their foot off the gas. Um we got the Washington Commanders today on our summer conditioning. We will talk to former Washington he was a redskin, I don't know what to call former players now for that organization. <laughs> he played in Washington for many years. Logan Paulson now doing Uh, some media work in Washington covering the commanders. He will come on and give us his thoughts. He gave some glowing remarks a couple weeks back about Johan, Johan Dotson, who was the first round pick for the Washington commanders. So a lot of, uh, a lot of, I would say high hopes about this Washington football team. Sean certainly believes so. I think they will be a better team. Our friend Eric Eager is uh, believing they will be a better team. So we will break down the Commanders as we continue to discuss the NFC East. Did the Cowboys on Monday? Eagles Tuesday. We'll do the Giants tomorrow. And uh, here tonight, we will talk some Washington Commanders. Free agency is uh, is getting hot and heavy. Uh, Dejounte Murray getting dealt to the Atlanta Hawks so a big time trade there in the NBA our good friend and uh, colleague here Jonathan Von Tobel our senior NBA analyst on vacation Sean that's how much he likes this he's going to call in later on tonight in the show and give us his thoughts on what we've seen so far but uh, the big move today was Dejonte uh, DeJounte Murray getting traded to Atlanta for three first round picks and a pick swap and uh, the 25 year old guard will now be paired up with uh, Trey Young in the <laughs> backcourt.
1: You scared me for a second. I thought you were about to say JVT broke the story. I was like, hey man, you did learn from Wolves. Don't be first. Just be right.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's not JVT's uh, go-to. He'll just, uh, he'll, he'll focus on the betting side of things, but yes, we'll have uh, Jonathan Von Tobel. I like that
1: trade for Atlanta. I mean, offensively I'm, I'm interested in how Murray and, and, and Trey Young fit together.
2: I think they fit together very well. At
1: least Atlanta didn't have to give up John Collins, who was initially rumored to be, you know, a trading piece. But you know, then we heard that the Spurs are jockeying for draft position next year. People think the top end of next year's draft is stronger and deeper than this year's draft was. But again, beginning the college football season last year, Spencer Rattler was the Heisman favorite and projected number one pick. So (laughs) things could things can change.
2: Things could change. That's a great point. (laughs) Yeah, DeJounte Murray, this from Kevin O'Connor from The Ringer. DeJounte Murray will unlock a better version of Trey Young if Trey embraces playing off the ball with more effort and screen and handoff actions plus relocations within the flow of the offense. No more hands on knees resting at the logo. Young has it in him to be that constant threat. We saw some shifts in the odds market with this movement, as you see right there, to win the Eastern Conference. The Hawks down to 15-1. to I think I saw it at BetMGM earlier today. I don't know if it's moved, but they moved it down to 20 to 1. So, some movement, nothing too significant. They're not jumping the Heat, Sixers, Nets, Bucks, or Celtics, at least at this point. But uh, I certainly think this makes the Atlanta Hawks a better basketball team. Trade away Danielle, I don't know. And- I don't
1: know. I just, I don't know that. And I love De- DeJounte Murray and I love Trey Young. I just don't know if they fit together. I got to see it. I think they do. I, 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 and what he just said, who, uh, who had the Kevin con- O'Connor. What will oh, Kevin O'Connor makes me feel a lot better because they're both ball dominant. If you watch the Spurs, Murray's got the basketball in his hand majority of the time. When you watch the Hawks, Trey Young has the basketball in his hand most of the times. So he doesn't really play a Steph Curry type of guard that's running off of screens and you know constantly in motion. Like he's the guy with the ball, and that's kind of what Murray does for the Spurs. It'll be interesting. One of those guys has to play off the ball. You know, I'm not comparing Westbrook to to Murray, but that's why Westbrook has kind of struggled in L.A. because LeBron generally has the ball in his hand, and Russell's used to, you know, having it in his. So, I mean, we'll see. Great players. Will they fit together? We'll find out.
2: I think you, with DeJounte Murray, you get a big-time defender, uh, which is huge. Everybody keeps
1: talking about defense. Who in the East is he defending? If they play Milwaukee, he's not guarding Giannis. If they play uh, Boston, he's not guarding Tatum. I mean, if they play the Heat, he's not guarding Butler. They like, I have, keep hearing people talk they about. Have
2: guards?
1: Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, who cares if Marcus Smart gets guarded? You want him to shoot. You yell at the TV every time he takes a shot. All I'm saying is, De- DeJounte Murray, I mean, the East scores, the top scores
2: in the East, they're still going to get their buckets not like Atlanta became some kind of lockdown defensive team. Well, they are a team that has their best player hunted on every single occasion in Trey Young. So they you do. Know, they bring in DeJounte Murray, a guy who had –
1: Sort of like an Andrew Wiggins pickup for Golden State because people hunt Steph on defense too.
2: Yeah, but Steph's Steph's a much better defender than people give him credit for, and I think that showed. I mean, they hunted him in the playoffs and it didn't really work out. So um, I mean,
1: both of them are light-skinned. Both of them got good hair, so it must be an effort thing.
2: Who's got good hair? Trey Young? What do you look? I mean, are you so first of you're all, you're that envious of anybody a, with hair? That's right. That you a a ball man has hair. A ball
1: man acknowledges everyone with hair as being greater than him in that particular area.
2: I've never heard anybody on planet. I would take
1: Trey Young's hair. Ugh, no. Over I, being like yeah just, forever bald. I'd cut it off. Man, I let my hair grow one time. I look like Mike Tarico. I say never again.
2: I mean, I think Trey Young is. I mean,
1: no offense to Mike Tirico, I'm I think, just, that's not my look.
2: I mean, I, he, maybe he's got a little more stylish over the years, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah. it's, it's better than what it was at Oklahoma. Um, but, what
1: I do to have an edge like Tatum or Jalen Rose, just to go to the barber one time, make me
2: right, big dog.
1: Come out <laughs> looking clean,
2: crisp. Knowing you, you probably go to the barber and say, make me right. And there's like.
1: Oh, I do. I make appointments and everything.
2: <laughs> yeah. You show up?
1: It's called grooming. I haven't washed my hair and everything. Like wash my head.
2: You have that much money. You're that rich. That bro, bro. You, I mean, well, bro, I guess you. Bro, I mean, you bet on bro, the Reds to win the NL Central. Bro, bro. So.
1: You like t-shirts. I like getting pampered when I get my head shaved. It's the same thing.
2: I didn't pay for this t-shirt. Yeah,
1: but you like t-shirts. You got a closet full of t-shirts.
2: Yeah, they were all given to me for free. They look like it. I love how Sean opens the show. He's like, Oh, "You can't put me in a bad mood, and you just bring me down every day." That's not true. You, I you uplift. Can't. No, you don't. I no, you don't. Support. Stop. Stop. I encourage. Stop it.
1: Like I am all positivity with you all the time. You are such a lying. Even when I'm not, it's motivation. It's not malice. Gotta read the tea leaves, man. You improve your tea, tea, tea reading.
2: We put it. I want to put up a, a clock tonight. Countdown. Sean's going on vacation for a week, so let's just count down to Sean's vacation. It's going to be a, it's to be a vacation for him and a hey, vacation. I got something
1: you can count down to. That's September 3rd. Yeah. I when know. the The running of the bulls occurs down at Raymond James, baby. Four o'clock. It's going to be muggy. Cougars, you guys better bring your fans.
2: <laughs> they will bring their fans. Yeah,
1: I'm talking about the ones that provide coolant.
2: Yeah. Got a lot I of uh, It's going to be hot. How so, many games has Jeff Scott won as the head coach? Uh, it's
1: not a, this is not me supporting Jeff Scott or acting like Jeff Scott's uh, a better head coach than the guy at BYU. This is all about USF's returning offensive line. I think oh, that gives I'm them so, the edge.
2: I mean, my bad.
1: This is not what that's about. This is about that offensive line group that I think is the best in the league Demetrius Harris, Brad Cecil, Big Donovan Jennings. Hey, Amen. Let's get it.
2: We talked about the best uh, offensive line in the NFC East yesterday, and you didn't seem to really be uh, blown away yeah,
1: by it. I like it. the Eagles offensive line. I've said fly, Eagles fly.
2: Uh, Jeff Scott's 3 and 18 as the mighty head coach of the <laughs> USF Bulls. It's the nightcap here on VC.
0: This is the Nightcap on VCN, the Sports Betting Network. From BBC Radio Four, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that
1: moment, oh my god, we've summoned something from this board.
0: This is Uncanny USA. Terms and conditions apply.
2: Are you ready for a fresh start? And we mean a real fresh start with lasting change. Take the in 10 challenge and switch up the way you've been enjoying nicotine. Available in a variety of tastes and strengths. Zin nicotine pouches deliver smoke-free and spit-free natis- uh, nicotine satisfaction. Try Zen nicotine pouches for 10 days or your money back. Your fresh start is here. Take the Zen 10 challenge today at slash 10. That's slash 10. Zen nicotine pouches are only for adults 21 and over who currently use tobacco or nicotine. Warning this product does contain nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. We continue our summer conditioning. Looking at every NFL team tonight, and it will be the Washington Commanders coming up bottom of the hour. Former Washington tight end Logan Paulson now working in the media there in D.C. He will join us, give us his thoughts on his expectations from this Washington team. Uh, Sean is high on them. We'll get more into why Sean believes in this commanders team and why he thinks uh, maybe they are a team to win the NFC East. So we'll get into all that as the hour goes on. Uh, certainly a, a bounce-back year uh, for the commanders in a uh, important year for Ron Rivera there in Washington, D.C. I do, even though my, my co-host never gives me credit for anything, I'll give him credit uh, because finally, after months and months of pestering my co-host, because when he comes in here and he peacocks that he got all these winners, um, he did text us today. He texted us two winners. So well done, Sean. You uh, had the Padres minus a half run first five, and I believe they were up two nothing after five. They end up winning four nothing over the Diamondbacks tonight. So a good win there. And then you had Orioles and Mariners over. Four and a half in the first five. I saw a couple other. I think Hoops Peterson had this too. So uh, great minds apparently think alike. Did you play it? Nailed that. I did. I played the Orioles one because I saw Austin Voth was pitching. I said, okay.
1: See, this is what I can't do. So this is why I don't like to text you stuff. What am I going No, when I text you a plate, mm-hmm. play it or don't. Don't look at it and, 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 and roll with it if you see something that, like, play it or don't. Play it exactly how I sent it to you or pass all together.
2: Mm, no, I'm, a, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, use my opinion. I'm gonna say, oh, that's a that's a good that's a good play. I didn't think of it that way. You don't. You listen. Once we get back to college basketball, and
1: as it pertains to Notre Dame football, I get it. But when it comes to this diamond, mm. oh, just roll with.
2: No, Do you also big t- stick of dollars. You also told me to take the Reds uh, in game tonight.
1: I was joking. No,
2: could you, did they you make- were down five zero? Did you make that bet?
1: Yeah, I took them plus three and a half though. I didn't take them to win the game. Yeah, they're down 7-1. Yeah, I know.
2: And they just hit a double. So.
1: Oh, yeah, that, that bullpen is
2: awful. <laughs> yeah, I know.
1: We got to make a move.
2: <laughs> they're not. Got to make a move. So you know what they're going to do? They're going to trade their best pitcher at the trade deadline, Luis Castillo. That's that's what's going to ultimately happen. But props to you. Uh, on Thank some, you for acknowledging on that, On some winners. Too. I appreciate that. Uh, well done by you. Um, I appreciate it. You're a good dude, man. Got Shohei Otani on the hill. Only one evening game. Still some games wrapping up. Only one late night affair, I should say. Dodgers uh, putting it on the Colorado Rockies right now. They lead seven to one over uh, the Colorado Rockies. So they have they have uh, exercised some demons there after dropping the first two games of that series for nothing and seven four. They lead seven one right now uh, over the Colorado Rockies and the Dodger, or the Angels, I should say, up uh, early on the Chicago White Sox.
1: Yeah, I left that game alone. Again, I kind of can't figure Otani out. I mean, he doesn't look like he has his best stuff tonight, but I think uh, the Angels are still up 2-0.
2: has got five strikeouts.
1: Yeah, White Sox aren't trustworthy. I think that's fair. You have to pick your spots with them. Like, whenever Dylan is on the mound, I I I tend to – I'm comfortable taking them, especially first five.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Other than that, you really, really got to do your research, man, because – Tim Anderson's been hurt a lot. Like they've had a lot of injuries. You're gonna make sure who's in the lineup. I mean, that's with every game, but especially with them, because without Tim Anderson in the lineup, they may be the slowest baseball team in the entire major leagues. Like if 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 they if they had to have all their position players run a forty when Tim Anderson's not in the lineup, they might be the slowest team in the majors.
2: <laughs> uh, Sandy Alcantara was uh, is on the hill. I think got
1: lit up tonight. I mean, they're
2: winning now, but for him, he got lit up. I mean, he's, he's on the verge of throwing a complete game.
1: Yeah, I know. He gave up three earned. Though. I'm saying for him, that's lit up. Two earned.
2: ERA still south, uh, south yeah. of two.
1: My, my guy, uh, Seidenberg, got unlucky in that game. What did he have? Um, he had Marlins' first five, and the Marlins went up 2-1, oh, top of the fifth. Yeah. They had one out, bottom of the fifth. Cardinal scored two. He hits a ball, and the center fielder drops it. Mm-hmm. And you know, so then the thing that got like two base hits after that. They end up being up three two.
2: Yeah, four three right now. Marlins trying to close it out against the uh, Cardinals as it uh, looks like Sandy Alcantara trying to throw a complete game. He's at one hundred and thirteen pitches, so he might be uh, he might be on his uh, on his last hitter. So we'll keep our eyes on all of that. Um, they Met- should trade him. That's not gonna happen. Um,
1: he could do some good for
2: somewhere else. I think eventually. Because uh, they don't ever keep anybody, but I don't think right now, oh. incredibly team-friendly deal, and him being the favorite to win the NL Cy Young, probably going to be traded.
1: No, I'm not saying. I'm saying it because, like, I think it could help, like, the Rays hurt everybody else out there. I was trying to.
2: Uh, Rays lost again.
1: Yeah, we got to get uh, Wander Franco back. You know, we're already kind of a manufacturer runs kind of team, I mean, we're light hitting team without Franco in the uh, in the lineup. In the batting order. So, we'll see. I mean, we always figure out how to win 85 to 90 games. So, I mean, we'll get there.
2: Oh, I don't really care about the Rays. Uh, I care that the Brewers won again. So, they'll uh, they'll be up 16 and a half games.
1: And who pitched today for them? Was it Woodruff? Was this his first game back? Or that was yesterday? Who pitched for the Uh, Lauer? Lauer's pitching. We only got a couple runs on Lauer. I might have to leave the show for a couple weeks and go be the hidden coach and get my guys going. (laughs) Because we got to be able to hit guys like Lauer.
2: Mm. What did you get the Reds at? Not enough. Yeah. They're... Oh, I got
1: them uh, plus 184, but I got no, plus... No, 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 no. To, oh.
2: to win the d- division. Oh, a lot. Well, I mean, I think it's it's a... It's up to 900? Yeah.
1: I might put another dub on that. And you... I mean, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen.
2: It's, I mean, it's not. It you, might not. You like just burning money. Um, a couple other small moves in the NBA. Uh, free agency won't start for a little bit. Um there was a trade today. Uh Wizards shipping Kentavious Caldwell-Pope and Ish Smith to Denver for Will Barton and Monte Morris. I actually thought the Wizards got the better of that deal. Uh Bradley Beal Who who's case uh hmm? who was KCP goes to Denver and and, they, and Washington, Washington gets, gets back Will Barton and Monte Morris.
1: I feel bad for KCP. I mean he was on top of the world. He was like Champion. LeBron goes, he comes. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. And now, man, you go from—he was in the Cavs with them too, wasn't he? No, he was just the Lakers. Yeah. Okay, you go from the Lakers, L.A. Mm-hmm. They ship you to Washington. <laughs> now they shipping you to Denver. Denver,
2: you got to win more games in Denver. But you
1: know, this is empty wins. Like you know, come playoff time, you guys run into one of the real teams in the West. It's over. I feel bad for the dude, man. He don't deserve that.
2: He'll get millions of dollars and play basketball for a living. He'll be yeah, all right. Yeah, but some
1: people it's more about winning.
2: Well, uh, we'll see. Uh, Bradley Beal declined his player option. <laughs> this and might be the
1: funniest thing I Sean,
2: ever. Seen. Sean tweets me <laughs> and Aaron, hey, hey, did you see this? <sighs> yeah, this was expected to happen because you can't sign a five-year Supermax – If you pick up your player option.
1: First of all, I was being a news anchor. I just was reporting the news.
2: I know. I was not. I know. It it was
1: not an opinion piece. This was just a news report. You
2: spent all last night telling me how Bradley Beal is going to leave the Wizards. And then this news comes. I know. Oh, he is leaving the Wizards. He's not leaving the Wizards. But that's not what that tweet was about. Cigar bet. That
1: Bradley Beal opens the season On a team other than the Wizards? Yes. Oh, yeah, I'll jump on that. Okay. Yeah.
2: Opens the season. Yeah.
1: I've been doing my research. Call me Inspector NBA.
2: With the cap going up, Bradley Beal can sign a five-year, $250.9 million contract with the Washington Wizards.
1: Yep, and then they can trade
2: him. Not this offseason. At some point, but he will be a wizard to start the year. Man, thank you. I mean, you're like going on vacation. You're just giving candy away. It's nice. We'll see. It's nice. I you like told
1: it. me that when I gave you the AJ Griffin top ten bet. That's true. You went to cite in your little sources, and you know your little.
2: Hold on. Can you can you hold on? Let's see. Um, you have four.
1: I have two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. We got a bunch of them to come. Yeah. We actually should make the the USF beats BYU for like five and I'm talking about if BYU wins you get five if USF wins I get five you ought to think about that during the break and see if you're willing to I'll do this. I'll take business. it right
2: now you can put it in let me know off the other
1: side no, of the no break. right
2: now no I don't, I don't think five five sticks five right there talks of commanders next This is the
0: Nightcap on VSN, the Sports Betting Network.
2: Baseball predictions made brighter. Join the Born in a Ballpark Challenge presented by Blue Moon to compete free for cash all season. And our weekly prediction pools to fight for your share. $62,500 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Blue Moon. Now to join the action. Blue Moon made brighter. 21 and over only. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Drink responsibly. Alongside former Arizona Cardinal and Tampa Bay <laughs> Buccaneer. I was thinking of where I, what. Area I was gonna go. I I'd stick with the NFL right now because we have a a guest with us who played a, a decade in the league. So I've got got two guys who played. Uh, well, three of us combined to play what, like seventeen years in the league.
1: Yeah, Madden don't count.
2: <laughs> well, we don't want to talk about Madden ratings now. Uh, but let's bring in Logan Paulson, who played for Washington for uh, the first six years of his career, and now is in the D.C. area uh, doing a great job on. NBC Sports Washington uh, with some coverage there, radio side as well. The Take Command podcast, and also check them out on Instagram at Logan underscore Paulson eighty two. Uh, Logan, appreciate the time as always. Um, you know we're going to get into it in, in just a little bit. Sean is very high on the Commanders, but you know when you talk about Washington this year, it has to start with the quarterback. You know Carson Wentz comes in. They make the move to replace uh, Taylor Heineke. What have you grasped so far from Carson Wentz and his uh, his you know early impact with this organization? And you know, are have you been a, a fan or believer in Carson through the first two stops of his career?
3: I mean, you know, when Carson Wentz came to the league, I had Carson Wentz pajamas, man. I was all about Carson Wentz. I thought he was the future of the NFL. This big athletic dude who could huck the football all over the field, and obviously. I think people see over the course of his career like the nuance involved in playing the quarterback decision, not only the decision-making process in-game, but how you handle stressors. And obviously he has kind of been up and down with, with some of those uh, some of those characteristics of playing the position. Um, it's been cool to watch. I mean, I got to watch all the OTAs, all nine OTA days, and all of the minicamp practices. And I will say over the first nine OTAs, I can't remember a guy that I played with who had a better OTA period than Carson Wentz. He had an excellent rapport with Jahan Donson really allowing this offense to kind of push the ball uh, vertically down the football field, which opened up some of the horizontal stuff underneath. Curtis Samuel is healthy now, and he's able to execute at a high level in terms of screens, jet sweeps, and did some excellent stuff in the red zone when they were installing those periods. Um, And I think those first nine days show you the upside of Carson Wentz. And then obviously the defense kind of found its legs. The last kind of three practices of OTAs and leading into minicamp, and Carson Wentz struggled. Pretty mightily during the mini camp period, and I think that's a testament to the defense and the evolution that they had. But I think it also shows you some of the variability at the position. So, uh, you know, I think it's funny because this, you know, what is that twelve day period is kind of a microcosm of Carson Wentz. Now, you know, very very good stuff, especially last year in Indianapolis, and a couple games that weren't so good. So, I think if Carson Wentz can ride the high end of that variance and be productive and be confident with his play. I think this offense is going to be so much more dynamic. I mean, you look at the playmakers he's got, and there's a ton to be excited about. I think the major question is Carson Wentz. How can he kind of keep that high-level performance? Because when he's hot, he's, he's very, very hot and looks like an excellent football player.
1: Carson Wentz can have a Pro Bowl-type season. Here's what happened, Tim. Here's what happened, Logan. At the quarterback position, comfortable creates chaos. You lose your edge when you get too comfortable. He was in Philly. He thought he was better than Jalen Hurts. He went to his former coach. You know the comfortability that creates, Logan, when you have familiarity with a guy and you don't have to you know, feel like you got to go prove yourself. He knows what I can do. And I think he lost his edge in Indy. But he got fired because of it. So now he's coming to Washington with a chip on his shoulder. And now – the 140 touchdown passes, only 57 interceptions in his career. You guys don't get the best version of Carson Wentz. That's why I'm so high on this team. You get Chase Young back. I think he's got a chip on his shoulder. I think he got comfortable last year thinking that his success two seasons ago was easily replicated, and he found out that it isn't. Now he's battled back from injury. I think we're going to get an improved version of him. I like that Terry McLaurin has comfortability from a financial standpoint, so he can go out and do what he needs to do. I love this team. Is there any reason why I shouldn't? Is there a major weakness the commanders have that they have question marks, either they haven't filled, or they have field, but you don't think they filled it with qualified enough guys?
3: Yeah, so I think the interesting thing about this team is when you look across the board, let's start with the offense, I think you feel very, very good about the skill position players. Obviously, Logan Thomas, the tight end. Who had an outstanding year two years ago is coming off of an ACL injury, and so you're gonna rely on John Bates. He's looked very good through OTAs. had a nice second half of last season. But he's gonna be your starter probably going into week one, maybe up to week four, depending on Logan Thomas' return. You drafted Cole Turner, a guy who has who played basically played receiver at Nevada, has a tremendous physical skill set, six seven, outstanding catch radius, can throw his foot in the ground in a nice way for a man that big. Again, but that's a rookie football player kind of filling big shoes there. Again, I I don't think you have to be too concerned about that because of the dynamic ability you have on the outside. The running back position is outstanding. Gibson, McKissick, Brian Robinson, the vision you saw at Alabama is on full display during the OTA minicamp phase. So I think you feel pretty good. I think when you get to the defensive side of the ball, that's where you start asking questions. And it's not because their starters are not great football players. As you know, Sean, like to play good football for a 17 game season, you need great depth. So when you look at the linebacker position, they have four guys that you feel pretty good about, but you probably need a fifth guy. You probably need a veteran, somebody you need talent to, to, to play a lot of football. Um, in the back end, they have three kind of outstanding pieces that have done a nice job through mini-camp OTAs and also played great football last year. Byron McCain, Sam Curl, and then Benjamin St. Bruce, who was a rookie injured for most of last year with concussion issues, but looked outstanding when he did play. And then after that, the question is, who steps up? Is it Forrest, is it Percy Butler, the guy they drafted in the fourth round this year? And those are big question marks for me. And then you go to the outside uh, quarterback position, you say, you know, Kendall Fuller, obviously, he's he's been well-established in the NFL, solid starting quarterback. Uh, William Jackson III has struggled a little bit, but seems to kind of be finding his feet a little bit, and hopefully you see a better uh, progression during training camp. But again, after that, who is starting? Who do you feel good about? So I think with this team specifically, the depth is something that is very concerning on the defensive side of the football. I didn't mention the defensive line. I think they've done an excellent job cultivating outstanding depth there. But again, in that back end, what happens if you suffer an injury to one of those guys because you can't kind of mortgage the whole season on them being healthy and them being productive? And then I think the other thing you said, what is another thing that gives me pause about the season? Because I'm very excited about this football team, as you can probably tell. I get concerned about Carson Wentz's ability—I know you mentioned that he's going to be at his best, and I don't disagree with that. But I do think there is a level of variance to his game, and which version of Carson Wentz you going to get—and that's still a question mark for me. And I want to see—I need more data to make an assessment on that. I need to see him in training camp. I need to see him a couple preseason games before I start feeling really good about that.
2: Talking once again to Logan Paulson. Spent. Uh, Half a decade in Washington as a tight end there, and now uh, doing media work in the D.C. area, 106.7, also the Take Command podcast. Uh, Let's get to Jahan Dotson, 16th overall pick out of Penn State. Uh, Some people believe maybe drafted a little bit higher than anticipated, but Washington clearly had their sights set on, uh, the former Penn State wide receiver. Uh, what have you seen so far, Logan, uh, about Jahan Dotson and he is he going to be the immediate impact player that, that Washington is expecting to have?
3: Yeah, it's funny. I think with these receivers, I do a full draft evaluation of every position, uh, you know, leading into the draft. And so he was one of my favorite receivers. It was kind of Wilson from Ohio state, Drake London. And then, um, you know, Jahan was in kind of that mix, kind of that next-tier receiver after those first two guys. I personally liked him quite a bit better than a guy like Chris Olave, so I know a lot of people thought that was a reach. I, I personally was not one of them. I think he was the most NFL-ready receiver in terms of college of Penn State. He had the best kind of physicality in terms of attacking the football with his hands, um, kind of being physical over the middle of the field blocking people is not a big man but he plays like a much bigger man and then you kind of wonder how all of those skill sets transfer to the nfl game and i know OTAs is kind of a glorified walkthrough but you do get to see how guys kind of match up their skill sets against nfl talent nfl sides for the first time and he has had an outstanding an outstanding ota period really showed high level route running nuance coverage understanding outstanding test radius and probably the most important thing he's built an outstanding relationship with Carson Wentz. So again, this is one data point in a long evaluation process, but talking about a guy who's kind of set like stepped up and said, you know, I am worthy of that pick at sixteen. I think he's done an excellent job giving testimony to himself. And I think there's a good opportunity. Obviously still a lot of football, gotta put the pads on, you know, got to do the preseason, got to do all that song and dance. But I think he's an opportunity to kind of be a one 1A, 1B to Terry McLaurin this year, which is an exciting proposition because that's something that Terry hasn't had during his time here in Washington.
2: Logan, we got 30 seconds. The win total here in Vegas is eight. Are the Washington Commanders an above 500 football team?
3: I believe so. I think so. I think when you look at the addition of Carson Wentz and when you go back and watch every throw from Taylor Heineke, and look at what Wentz can bring just from a physical tool standpoint. Even if Wentz is the 28th quarterback in the NFL, that's an upgrade at the quarterback position. And as Sean knows, as you know, the quarterback is the most important position in football. I think he gives you three more wins where they have seven last year. So I think you're in the 10-11 range. And I think that's very, very reasonable for them. I think they're a playoff contention team. I think they're going to give everyone, every team in this division a run for their money if he is get high-level le- high cards Wentz.
2: He is Logan Paulson. Great stuff from the fourth.
0: This is the Nightcap on Veasan, the Sports Betting Network.
2: The Veasan Summer Special is here. For only nineteen dollars, you get everything Veasan has to offer from now to the end of July. Sign up today and you'll get VEASAN's daily best bets, including Adam Burke's daily MLB best bets, NFL preseason coverage, premium articles on golf, UFC, got a big fight this weekend, and NASCAR as well. So if you want that full VEASAN experience, which features a daily best bets email, every edition of Point Spread Weekly, use of our betting tools and a live video stream whenever you want it, the cost is only $19 to be a subscriber through July thirty first. It is the nightcap here on Vison Always great to uh, talk to a former NFL player and one that is uh, keeping a close eye on the Washington Commanders, the team that he played for. So thanks to Logan Paulson again. Makes He's
1: sense. a smart guy.
2: Yeah, went to UCLA. Yeah. Uh,
1: well, I was just talking about because he agrees with me about the Commanders.
2: Well, here's the interesting thing about the Commanders, and I'm very curious to get your analysis because in Washington. There's a lot of excitement about Jahan Dotson. You didn't particularly have a high grade on Jahan Dotson. There's a lot of excitement about Carson Wentz. He's an upgrade over Taylor Heineke, but you think Indianapolis got an upgrade at quarterback. So I'm curious what makes you so excited about the Washington Commanders in 2022?
1: I just don't think there's real resistance within the division. And they showed what they're capable of doing. They beat the Bucs last year. Like, so, so, they you're had some this games. Off one game? No, not at all. Not at all. I mean, I think Carson Wentz, going from a guy in Taylor Heineke who threw fifteen interceptions, nobody considers Taylor Heineke turnover prone to a guy in Carson Wentz who only threw seven interceptions, but they might have been seven of the most magnificent interceptions you could ever throw from an entertainment standpoint. But still, only threw seven. So he threw eight less picks and seven more touchdowns than Taylor, and they were a seven and ten team. You add him to the mix, I think his confidence, I think the people's confidence around him makes them two, three wins better. I think Dallas regresses. I'm not sold on Philly being able to live up to the hype, and I just don't think the Giants are very good as long as Daniel Jones is there. So when I look at the conference odds, I feel like the value lies with the commanders. I mean, for me to take plus 160 on the Eagles, I got to feel like they can handle that kind of pressure, and I'm just not sure they can.
2: I wouldn't push back on that. Uh, I think the Commanders will be improved. Um, You know, last year they were way overrated. Um, They were the biggest liability in some books in the division odds, which I thought was absolutely ridiculous, considering if you just went back and looked at the 2019 team and the fact that when they played a good offense, they got smoked. So, and I'm not... No, I know what you're saying. So I do think that this particular team is going to be better. Um, it's I, a, you, I, it, I like the addition of Jahan Dotson. You need another player. I see, I don't like to focus McCorn. on
1: him. I don't like because to me, and, I think and, the
2: and, offensive line is worse than yeah. it was last year. I think that Logan Thomas not being there for the first he will be eventually. I mean, eventually, yeah, well,
1: they four games but, out of seventeen.
2: But Sean, you look at that schedule, and I'm not saying it's make or break yeah. without without him. You can you can work around it. I like Cole Turner. I think he he should be an asset. I thought he was a bit of a steal in the fifth round out of Nevada, but. You got Eagles week three at home. That'll be a pro Philly crowd at Dallas. The first four weeks are, are, are very interesting. Uh, you're a short favorite against the Jaguars. You'll be a road favorite against Detroit. And then you'll be an underdog the next two weeks. Those first four, five weeks are very, in my opinion, very telling for how this season will play out. I do think the Washington Commanders are improved. And I also agree with you that if you had to make a bet right now on the division based on the current odds we were just showing, I would probably bet Washington at 5-1 to one as opposed to Philly at plus 160. But yeah, I well, still have doubt. a ton of questions. And I thought what Logan brought up, I mean, people just assume this defense is going to be good. They did that last year, and they were really So bad. that's the
1: point I was going to make. Well, this is interesting. Coming into last year, it was all about how great they were going to be on defense. Right. Now Logan says he thinks their major deficiencies are lack of depth on depth on defense, and nobody's talking about what I think the real key is going to be, and that's offensive coordinator Scott Turner. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the reasons that I wasn't as high on Jahan Dotson as I was on you know guys like Drake and Jamison Williams and, and and Christian Watson and so on, because he, that body type, you have to have a creative offensive coordinator. He's not a line him up at the Z receiver or the X receiver on every play, and he's just going to make lemonade out of water. Like, you got to be able to move him around. you got to be able to do it within the confines of your system. Green Bay does a great job or did a great job of this, you know, before Devontae Adams left with Devontae Adams. And so that's my issue with a Jahan Dotson because Terry McLaurin also is not a big receiver from a stature standpoint. So now you have two guys – that are both agile, or both athletic; they're both fast, but neither, from a size standpoint, is going to be able to dominate you physically. So you just have to get creative how you get those guys the ball. Yeah. So Scott Turner, you know, we're going to find out. You know, has he evolved? Has he improved? Is from that standpoint?
2: Yeah, I think there's. I think you know. I remember talking to Warren Sharp when the Washington football team hired Ron Rivera, and he brought in Scott Turner to continue to be his offensive coordinator. He was his OC in Carolina. He's very excited Which about Which doesn't it. give you confidence. Right. And so They were
1: never dominant offensively in Carolina.
2: I mean, outside of the year of Cam Newton being Superman.
1: Yeah, but even that year, they had the worst receiving core in the league. I remember I used to go and do a – you know how you do your spot in Milwaukee? Mm-hmm. I did a spot in Charlotte that year, and I told them, I said, not upgrading the wide receiver position at some point is going to cost them. In the Super Bowl, go rewatch that game. Watch how many times. Watch how many balls wide receivers from Carolina dropped in that game. So Scott's never been an explosive pass game guy, in my opinion. He's old school, run the ball, play action pass, take a couple shots, throw some slow screens, and it's it's interesting. Will that type of play calling fit with two smaller guys like McLaurin
2: and Dotson? And you know, coming out of Memphis. I was a huge fan, and and still, to an extent, am, am a believer in Antonio Gibson. Yeah, I like Gibson. He six fumbles last year.
1: Yeah, and, again, when you don't and, believe in your quarterback, you well, know some of your details, some of you know the nuances of playing the game, they get away from you because well, wa- but, they feel like the quarterbacks don't get the blame, regardless.
2: But how much does Washington believe in Antonio Gibson when you spend a third round pick on a running back? That's not wide receiver depth. Yeah, a I third mean, round running back is a guy who's coming in to get a lot of carries.
1: I can fit. And they also brought fumbles. In. They, I can't. They, I can't just go out and create one thousand thirty seven yards and seven touchdowns. I, I
2: understand that. I like Antonio Gibson. I think he's a dynamic player. But to me, it's pretty telling that the Commanders utilized a third round pick on. Running back Brian Anderson. Allen, yeah, Anderson, who's you know he's a he's a big bruising back, so he's a contrast in style.
1: Again, that goes back to Scott Turner when they were really good in Carolina, where they have D'Angelo Williams and uh, what was the other guy? They had the two backs. I mean, that that's what worries me more than anything about Jonathan Stewart. Right, they had D'Angelo Williams, Jonathan Stewart. He's trying to recreate
2: mm-hmm.
1: that Carolina formula, and I just don't know in 2022 with. You know, guys throwing for 5,000 plus yards like it's nothing, like 4,600, 4,700 yards being like a a, a, a a average year for some of these guys. Like, can you be a run-dependent team and be overly successful? So I hope. And I'm just mentioning this because that's the only question mark I really have about Washington is Scott Turner. I'm all in on everybody else. I'm, only, in on Anto- only hey, I'm in they on Antonio out, Gibson. They went out I'm and signed on Trey Wentz.
2: Turner to be their starting guard. Hey, they lost Brandon Sheriff, who was injured last year. There's probably three
1: teams in the NFL that don't have offensive line concerns. Everybody's trying to piece that thing together.
2: Well, not the Philadelphia Eagles.
1: Yeah. Chase Young, double-digit sacks. think he comes back and, and creates havoc. I'm just worried of Scott Turner. <laughs> Is Scott Turner going to have enough creativity from week to week to get Dotson, McLaurin matched up, Get use McKissick in third down when he gets Logan Thomas back? You know, that's, that's the issue for me. Not saying he can't do it. I just want to see him make the adjustment from that pedestrian bland system they ran in Charlotte for all those years.
2: Well, I mean, getting the finances secured for Terry McLaurin was a – very important thing for them to do, which they did. They went out. They wanted Drake London. He was drafted eighth overall by Atlanta. They traded back, got more picks, got Jahan Dotson at 16. We'll see how he fits. Curtis Samuel expected to be healthy. diami Brown, still a lot of From excitement yep, there good player. Uh, for him. Third-round pick just a year ago. Uh, I have questions about the offensive line. I thought Andrew Norwell was kind of eh. Um, You know, We'll see. Charles Leno had a really good year last year at left tackle. They brought him back. uh, It's time to an extension there. I I think this is an improved football team. And at 7.5, which you can get at Caesars, I think it's worth a play on the over at 7.5. But I'm not going to say that they're going to win the division. Sean, on the other hand, is all in.
1: Yep, I'm all in. I might even put a little bit on Carson Wentz MVP.
2: And you like burning money. That's cool. You are a big fan of lighting money on fire. More on the Washington Commanders. Look at some of their personnel. Top of the hour, right here on Visa.
0: From BBC Radio Four, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought
1: in that moment, oh my god, we've summoned something from this board.
0: This is uncanny, USA.